Good morning. We're in 1 Peter chapter 3 this morning. 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to be reading verses 13 through 18. We are in this uh, sermon series that's entitled Fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we have taken a look at uh, most of the fruits mentioned in Galatians. Uh, we come about today on the topic of gentleness. Uh, so let's read what Peter has to say in 1 Peter chapter, chapter 3, starting in verse 13. He says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who, who asks you for the, to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed. It is better if it is for the God's will to suffer for doing good rather than evil. For Christ died for our sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, as we uh, study your word this morning, our simple prayer is that your Holy Spirit will speak through uh, your word, that your power will be evident among us, that, Lord, we will have clear uh, thoughts and minds and hearts as they relate to your word. And we pray, Father, that you'll just guide us, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. It is, in my opinion, one of the most intense scenes in the New Testament. Picture it with me. Jesus and his disciples are at the Garden of Gethsemane at the Mount of Olives. Jesus has been praying late into the night, and his disciples have fallen asleep. And Jesus cries out, Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And with a kiss from Judas, the mob begins to arrest Jesus. Now imagine if you're in Peter's shoes. Peter was told by Jesus that he would betray him before the rooster crowed. He was also asleep, so he just woke up, probably feeling shame for falling asleep. Maybe remembering those words of Jesus, he grabbed a sword and he started swinging. He cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. My guess is this burly fisherman wasn't aiming for an ear. My guess is he was so pumped up with adrenaline and the thoughts of protecting Jesus instead of betraying him, of course, that he swung for the head. Could you imagine if Peter had cut his head off? Whew. 
We're told that Jesus rebukes Peter and tells him to put a sword away. And it is within that context that I want to read Peter's words for us today. He gives us a scenario for how to respond when we are treated unjustly. Now, Peter is much older now. He has a lot of wisdom that he can offer us. You see, Peter wasn't always a gentle person. Like you and I, he had moments when he wanted to take matters into his own hands. There were times that he felt an air of superiority. There were times when he was self-absorbed, promoted himself over the mission. And in his words today, we find a good definition, an older and wiser man who can give us some action steps for becoming a gentle person with humble hearts and meek personalities. So if you're following along in your notes, I want you to write this down. Write down, gentleness requires trusting in God. And that's why Peter asks. He says, who is going to harm you, he says. He emphasizes the blessedness of responding with gentleness. He tells us that we are set apart we are set apart by Christ Jesus. We can trust God. We can respond with, G with gentleness if we set apart Christ as Lord. You know, the scene in Genesis chapter 13 comes to mind when I consider the concept of responding with gentleness by trusting in God. Follow with me first as we look at Genesis chapter 12. And there you find the, the calling of Abraham. Abraham is told to leave his family and his land and to go to Canaan. And so he gathers all of his livestock. He gathers all of his stuff. And he asks his nephew Lot, hey man, you want to come with? And he does. So he gathers all of his stuff. And he gathers all of his livestock, and we're told they set out for Canaan. By the time we get to Genesis chapter 13, Abraham's caravan and Lot's caravan is so big that there is a land dispute, so there's a resource dispute. And you know, Abraham could have said in that context, listen, Lot, we had fun together, <laughs> But let's be honest, I was the one called by God, not you. So, see you later. Might want to head back to our hometown. He could have said, hey, you know, Lot, why don't you head toward the desert? I'm going to take this beautiful land. He doesn't say that. In fact, he gives, in Genesis chapter 13, he gives Lot the choice of directions. He says, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. And we're told in Genesis 13 that Lot looked up and he saw the land. We would later find out of Sodom and Gomorrah. He would see the land and it's beautiful. Crops are huge. The land is just 
flowing with rivers. And he thinks, that's where I want to settle. And he takes Lot, not Abraham, takes the best direction. And how was Abraham able to do that? He was able to respond to Lot with gentleness because he trusted in God. And in Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 through 17, you can read that the Lord speaks to Abraham after Lot had parted from him. And he said, look around from where you are, to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west, all this land that you see, I will give to you. I will give to your offspring forever. And I will bring your offspring like the dust on the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go and walk as long as you can, the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. It didn't matter which way Lot wanted to go. Abraham held true to the covenant of God. Sure, Lot, you pick the direction you want to go. Because the reality was that God had given him way more than he could ever even imagine. To respond with the gentleness of Abraham, Peter, in this circumstance, we must set apart Christ as Lord and trust in him. Now, gentleness also requires breaking the cycle of evil. Breaking the cycle of evil. Peter gives us wisdom here when he says that when you respond, in this circumstance it's someone that's trying to harm you even though you've done good. When you respond, respond with a clear conscience. That's hard. Think about someone doing something evil to you when you're trying to do something good. I've had numerous times yesterday, and my boys can attest to this, where instead of responding with gentleness, I responded with sarcasm. Whoo, right boys? They wanted to punch me in the throat. They love their dad, they didn't do it. That's not a clear conscience. The response with gentleness must be done from the heart. And we're told that that breaks the, the cycle. Earlier in 1 in Peter, Peter says, do not overcome evil with evil. Do not repay evil with evil. It's important to break the cycle of evil. Now, to illustrate this, I want our minds to go back to the story of David and Saul. You can find this scene in 1 Samuel chapter 24, where David breaks the cycle of evil by responding with gentleness. In 1 Samuel 24, Saul is king of Israel. And David had shown up in the past 
several times during his reign and helped Saul personally and helped Saul professionally. Eventually, Saul becomes incredibly jealous of David and tries to kill him with a javelin. David slips by, and he goes on the run. Saul regularly tries to hunt him down. And 1 Samuel chapter 24 is one of those experiences. He's given word that David and his men are in the camp of En Gedi. And so Saul takes 3,000 young and able men with the intent to kill David and his men. Now while they're in En Gedi, Saul stops to relieve himself. Kids, he had to go number two. And so he goes into a cave to relieve himself. He thinks he's in solitude. He thinks he's by himself. But we're told in 1 Samuel chapter 24 that David and his men were hiding in that cave. Besides being an incredible coincidence, and I'm sure the smell wasn't great, right, Gracie? we told that David cuts the corner of his robe. And he goes out and gives this speech to King Saul. I wrote the whole thing down. I want you guys to hear that. Just listen for the words of breaking the cycle and responding in gentleness. Listen to these words. David went out of the cave and he called to Saul, my lord, the king. Did you hear it? When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down, prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Could you do that to a man that tried to kill you? And David said to Saul, Why do you listen when men say David has been on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. And some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lay my hand on my Lord because he's the Lord's anointed. See my father, he says. Look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but I did not kill you. See, there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I am guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you're hunting me down and trying to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me. May the Lord avenge the wrongs you've done to me. But my hand has not touched you. As the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds. And so my hand has not touched you. David broke the cycle of evil by responding in gentleness And that is what we see Peter teaching here. To respond in gentleness, specifically, he says, having a clear conscience. Can you have a clear conscience as you respond with gentleness? All right, one final thought for you this morning. That gentleness requires delighting in Jesus. This means more than just trusting Jesus. This means more 
than just breaking the cycle of evil. Delighting in Jesus means that his action on the cross that brought us to God is more than enough for our daily needs. You see, Peter was writing to a persecuted church. These Christians were thrown into jail. Their stuff was confiscated. At times, they were not allowed to buy and sell in the marketplace. And his message, delight in Jesus, because nothing can hurt you here on earth. The psalmist says, be still before the Lord, wait patiently for him, do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes, refrain from anger and do not turn to wrath, it only leads to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those whose hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Our days are temporary. Justice will prevail, will inherit the land. Our hope empowers us to respond with gentleness. We delight in what Jesus has done for us. Told of an archbishop who lived in a small house in Scotland. This archbishop only had one employee who was quite forgetful at times. One day, the employee got up before the archbishop, decided he wanted to go out fishing. So he left with the only key. The door could not be unlocked without that key. And that servant fished all day long, forgot all about the bishop. When he came home and finally unlocked the door, what do you think the archbishop said to him? All he said was, hey, John, if you're going to go out fishing for the day, would you leave the key? Most people would be fuming. Most people would have lectured the employee about his irresponsible behavior, the inconvenience it caused, maybe even get him the boot. But instead of fretting over the circumstances, the bishop simply gave himself to prayer and study inside the house that day. You know, we may not face the persecution of the early church. We haven't been thrown into jail because of our faith. We haven't lost our ability to buy and sell in the marketplace because of our faith. We haven't had our stuff confiscated because of our faith. But we still struggle with gentleness in some of the most minor inconveniences of life. We must respond with gentleness. Delighting in Jesus, trusting in God, breaking the cycle, it's all about being a gentle person. Let's go back to the scene in the garden of Gethsemane. After Jesus rebuked Peter and told him to put his sword away, he said these words, Do you not think 
I cannot call on my Father in heaven, and he will at once put a disposal of 12 legion of angels. I'm not super good at math, but that's a lot of angels. But he says this, but how then would the scriptures be fulfilled, saying it must happen in this way? Jesus prayed in the garden, Father, take this cup from me with such intensity that he sweat drops of blood. And with the same amount of intensity, he could have summoned legions of angels to destroy that mob and the whole city. But in gentleness, he gave his life willingly with the same intensity that he prayed, Father, take this cup from me. He prayed, not my will, but yours be done, and handed his life over for us. And that's how Scripture was fulfilled. Our next song we're going to sing is about Jesus being that potter that molds us, that shapes us into his will, will you ask God to make you a gentle person like Jesus? I'm going to ask us to go while we sing to one of the three communion stations to take the cups and to hold them, to reflect, to sing, and then Luke will come up and share a few thoughts. Let's stand together. And we will pray. Stand with me, please. Father God, we are thankful for your example of gentleness. We're thankful that you willingly gave your life for us. And Father God, as we sing, as we celebrate, I pray that this will not only be a way that we can glorify you, but also a way that you can transform our hearts that we might be more like you and your power and your spirit transform us, shape us, mold us, make us into your image, dear Lord. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name.